I love the Raiders. Most of all, I love the win. You're now listening to State of the Nation with Jimmy Durkin, Vic Tafer, and Ted Wynn on the Athletic Podcast Network. Hey, all you cool cats and kids. Oh, wait, sorry. Wrong show. What's up, everybody? Welcome to State of the Nation here on the Athletic Podcast Network. Jimmy Durkin, Vic Tafer, Ted Wynn hanging out respectively from our homes. And we'd like to introduce you to the newest member of the Athletics Raiders coverage. He will uh, at some point be uh, boots on the ground uh, permanently in Las Vegas once uh, once the world kind of gets itself back in order. But uh, welcome to the show, Tashawn Reed. How you doing, Tashawn? Good, man. About as good as I can right now. You know, stuck down here in Georgia. It's just kind of... And I'm ready to get out west for sure, but I'm, I'm jumping into it. You know, getting into this draft coverage. You know, I think we're all pretty much working remotely anyway at this point. So I don't know how different it would be if I was actually in Vegas. So yeah, man, just excited to get started. Cool. Well, uh, welcome aboard. Uh, you know, if you guys haven't followed Tashawn, uh, he had uh, he started with us um, covering Florida State, and uh, and just kind of for you, what what was that experience like, and what what's it been like the first week or so here, um, kind of since you've been in, introduced to the Raider fans and and our readers here. Yeah, I mean, I, I pretty much went down to Florida State straight out of college, uh, went to Mizzou, and so I I didn't really know what I was getting into when when I went down there. Uh, they were just coming off a coaching change with. Jimbo Fisher jumping the ship and, and Willie Tiger coming in. So I think I kind of expected, like most people, when you're the name Florida State, you think they're going to be pretty good. Uh, and then they had like their worst two year stretch in the 70s while I was covering the team and Tiger got fired and everything kind of went up in flames. So it, was, it was interesting to cover. I mean, it was, it was a good experience as a first gig. Um, and learning how to go through all that, navigate things, and come up with ideas when, when things aren't going well. Um, hopefully, I don't bring any bad luck with me. Um, over to the Raiders so the fans don't hate me. Um, but yeah, man, it was a good experience. I was just, you know, it was always a goal of mine to, to make the jump to cover a pro beat at some point. And then when this opportunity came open, I pretty much just jumped on it. Is there one story you wrote in your time covering Florida State that you would tell like a Raider fan, hey, if you want an example of the kind of coverage that I can provide of this team, like read this story. This is this is something I'm like particularly proud of. Yeah, my first year on the on the beat, um, Florida State played Clemson at home and they were losing by like 40, 50 points. And most of the fans had left and there was this viral guy. We got went viral on the internet because he was like sitting in the stands, like at the top of the stands, shirt and was reading the book. And everybody saw him was laughing at him in the press box room. And then I kind of just, I wasn't really paying attention to the game at this point because nobody really cared anymore. I mean, they were down like 50. And I look across and like straight across from the press box, I can like see the guy like sitting by himself. Like he's the only person by like a hundred feet, like in the stands where he's at. And so I just leave the press box early, ran up over there, climbed up all the steps and talked to him. And he ended up being a professor at FSU. So he didn't want to talk to me initially because he didn't want to like trash the school while he works for the school. Um, but I had to run out of stairs. So I, I did some convincing, got him to talk and wrote that story. And it kind of blew up from there. And that was kind of like the highlight of the, the first season. The team wasn't very good, but that story kind of was an example of me being willing to go outside of the box and jump on something that may be funny or more lighthearted in the midst of a game that probably fans didn't really want to read about. And so a lot of people read that story anyway. And, you know, hopefully I don't have to, you know, <laughs> venture off and, and write something like that too often on the Raiders beat. But if something does come up like that, I'm, I'm somebody that's willing to get on it. I'm not sure you're going to see a lot of guys reading books in the stands of Raiders games. So I'm, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not sure that's going to happen again. But uh, you never know, though. I don't think anybody's going to be at the stands for the next Raider game, to be honest. Yeah, that's a good point. 
Well, I'm glad you mentioned that story. That I think that was the first story of yours that that I read. I, that that was definitely a memorable one. I'm I'm glad you uh you mentioned that one. What, but what, all right, what, what was the book? Uh, it was uh, I can't remember what the book was. It was like one of those obscure. Like it was not a very known book. It was something really dark. It was something about like murder or something really like it was really depressing. Like mixed in with him being. You know, at this blowout and terrible game, it was called Dark Places. That's what it, that's what it was. Uh, Gillian Flynn novel. Um, she's like the same person who wrote that uh, the Gone Girl. I don't know if anybody saw that movie. Uh, so it's kind of kind of in that lane. So it was a really weird book to be reading at like a noon game, college football game. But like, given how bad it was going, I guess it made sense. Yeah, he he knew it was gonna be a dark place. That game was gonna be a dark place, like so. Uh, it, it fit the theme. All right, well, guys, let's uh, let's get into talking about these Raiders. We are uh, well, we're two weeks out from the draft. Um, it, it's it's so weird, just kind of with everything going on in the world, everything basically shut down. That um, we are still getting ready for an NFL draft, and I mean, disappointing, of course, for. For the Raiders, for all those people in Vegas that were excited about having a live in-person draft there, I mean, that was really going to be kind of the, the first event to kind of kick off um, the, the move to Vegas, the, the, you know, having everybody you know, flood the streets and whatnot, but um, there there is still a draft, but I, I mean, just kind of what what has life been like for all of you guys uh, as, uh, as we've dealt with all this shelter in place? I mean, it, it's... It's been a whole different environment for all of us. Everybody holding up pretty well? Yeah, for me, pretty good. I've been busy doing some of those Raiders, you know, pre-draft stuff and some other stories. And uh, got the wife and kid. We're kind of just uh, trying not to get uh, too stir crazy, fighting over the TV and stuff like that. But uh, it's been pretty good, taking walks and, and staying safe and just uh, you know, being hopeful that uh, at some point this whole thing turns around. Yeah, same here. I mean, we were used to working from home anyways, so, but then I think just last week when that stir crazy, it just started hitting me because like, you know, like we would have the option to go out at the very least, but now we're just stuck in a house and um, yeah, at least I have a home gym at home. So I'm trying to get like prison swole after this whole thing is done. Ooh, this guy's, uh, this guy's trying to flex. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, without the, yeah, without a home gym, I think I'd just be going crazy. Yeah, I got a Peloton delivered last week, so I can at least uh, get some uh, get get a nice sweat worked up in the morning before uh, before I become the the homeschool teacher all day while my wife goes to work. Yeah, for me it's been pretty hectic. I mean, I I broke my lease in Tallahassee at the end of last month, so I had to like pack up and get rid of a lot of stuff and, and get ready to try to swing this move. Um, but I went up to I have some family in Atlanta, so I went up there to stay with them, kind of as an in between period. And the plan was to go back to St. Louis for a week or two um, and kind of just see some family and friends before I went out to Vegas. Uh, but then I actually had some, some family members that picked up the virus in St. Louis, so I couldn't go back for like at least two weeks or three weeks, depending on how long it takes them to recover. Um, so I'm kind of just bogged down in Georgia and kind of covering the team from here, which is a weird spot to be in. Um, so uh, even though I started I have zero idea when I'm going to get to Las Vegas, so it's kind of a, a weird time. Yeah, definitely. I mean, this this whole thing is uh, is certainly scary, and uh, you know we, you know, we're, we're all 
we're all here lucky that we we're still working and uh, a lot of people are in uh, in some pretty rough positions so um you know definitely everybody do whatever you can to kind of help people that that need it i know my wife and i are making sure we do some uh, grocery shopping for our elderly neighbor uh down the street and uh you know those are the kind of things that help get you through this stuff that i think is just you know looking you know looking out for other people whenever you can so uh we we, we won't uh we won't make this a coronavirus podcast but uh you know just wanted to, to make sure we check in on everybody and uh and uh, stay safe and all that but but let's talk about these raiders and you know the the draft coming up uh vic you did your uh your mock draft your seven round mock draft that i think last week and um you know it, that first pick is you know, it sets up pretty well for the Raiders where it looks like they're going to have, I mean, if if not their choice of all three of the top receivers in the draft, uh, probably at least two of them. Uh, you went with Henry Ruggs and kind of uh, just kind of talk through why why you expect that, why you think that might be the Raiders pick, and, and maybe is that your pick? Would you Would you go the same way if it was just you in charge? Well, the reason I went with it for the Raiders was only because that you know John Gruden on a few occasions has said that he wants his own Tyreek Hill type. And if you look at this draft, the one player who best can be that kind of player is Ruggs, kind of a, just an amazing athlete, very fast, can do the jet sweeps, can uh, get to open deep, and uh, definitely has to grow a little bit in terms of route running, but definitely all the raw ability you want in the big-time playmaker. So I'm not sure if I think he's the best of the three. I think they're all all three pretty phenomenal. I've watched a lot of tape all three of them. They all have different strengths. I mean, Lamb is a huge after, you know, yard after the catch guy. Just a, kind of has like a magnet to, to the end zone. It's pretty amazing to watch some of the plays he made last year. And Judy's kind of the, the great route runner, kind of like Amari Cooper-ish a little bit. I think it's a good comp for him. So I think all three guys are going to be great. I really think they're all – but the, the thing for me, that's my pick, and, and where I would have a problem is – I think there's so many good receivers in this draft. I mean, I think, like Max mentioned, there's 25 who may have, like, top three-round grades. I think there's six or seven guys, maybe eight, who could go in the first round. And I really like Ayuk from Arizona State a lot. He's a guy I'm really high on. So I think Michael Pittman, maybe early second round, would be a guy I like a lot. So for me, if there's a chance to trade down and get more picks and draft one of the other guys later on, that's probably the route that I would go. I mean, and it, that's 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 tough because like you know everybody always I think whenever, but it does these mock drafts always wants to trade down, um, especially fans. They I'll trade down, collect more picks, but it always comes down to, you know, is it, uh, usually it, what it comes down to in these trade situations is is there a quarterback that somebody wants that's sitting there at twelve, right? I mean, and that's probably what it's going to have to be is is somebody in love with a quarterback that's available at twelve, um, although. With the Niners sitting at 13 right behind them, uh, probably a team doesn't necessarily have to trade up uh, with the Raiders pick because if if they you know unless they think the Raiders might take them, but yeah, I, that that's where it, it's tough. I mean, will will anybody want to trade up to 12? Um, I don't you know. Get a lot of it's going to depend on you know what the quarterback situation is, if there's a run on them, and if somebody's kind of fallen in love with one. But I would add that I think if teams might want if – if a team loves, say, Judy a lot more than Lamb or Ruggs and he's still there, that could be a case they want to jump up. Plus there's four – I think four great tackles in this draft. I think it's, it's one of the best tackle drafts in a long time. So those guys are very attractive. So I agree with you. The quarterback is usually what draws teams in. But this year I think there's more things there that actually could get teams interested in, in, in a trade up. Yeah, I think this is a good draft for the Raiders to possibly double dip into um, the wide receiver pool because you could get 
one in the first. You get one of the top guys like you know Judy Lamb Rugs, and you could get a, a quality prospect in the third, maybe even fourth round as well. Um, just you know, just to make sure that you you have two quality prospects that might be able to contribute um, right away. So. Uh, yeah, I think if you want to double dip that way in, th- in this draft, you know, you might find yourself a prospect that could go right out of the gate and uh, produce for you. So who's your number 12 pick, Ted? I, I would go CD. I like CD the best. Um, I-, I-, I like Ruggs and his explosiveness too, but there-, there are times where he does get overpowered and overmatched by uh, s- some bigger corners, and that's a concern for me. Um, and Judy has... You know he didn't he didn't have a lot of drops throughout his career, but just having seven last season and and dropping some in some critical situations uh, kind of worry me a little bit. But I mean, as far as route running, he's phenomenal. I, I think I think Cooper is a really good comp because he has that type of route running ability, and you know the the drops are a little bit of a concern too. Right, Deshaun, who do you like at twelve? I think I go with Judy at twelve. Yeah, you know, I think you know we kind of have to see how it plays out. I think we're all kind of. And the thought that all three of the guys will, will be there still at 12, but there's a chance that maybe one of them isn't anymore or two of them. And so, uh, but I think if all three of them are there, I think it might serve them to even just trade down a couple of spots because don't feel like you can go wrong with any of them. You might as well pick up another pick and, and still get one of the three. Uh, if you aren't too high on maybe the second crop of wide receivers, and those are a really deep draft, maybe. Maybe they feel like that group of three is far away better than the rest of them. So I, I probably would go Judy. I mean, I, I know. You know, Ruggs kind of fits the mold of what Gruden's looking for as far as having a Tyreek Hill type. Um, I'm just not, I don't think he was as productive as, as Judy. And I think, you know, him playing on the outside, I think he might get bullied a little bit physically and, and he has to advance a little bit more as a route runner. Um, I like Lamb as well. I, just, you know, I know he's more of a yard, yardage to catch guy. I just think Judy's a little bit more explosive. So I probably would go with him. I guess the one fear, um, if you trade down a couple spots, is that if uh, if you're trading with a team that you have an idea is coming up because they're in love with one particular receiver, then you also have the Niners right behind you who common sense kind of says that the Niners are probably going to want to target a receiver with their top pick in the first round. Then all of a sudden, instead of having your choice of three, two of them could be gone, and you know you, you got to hope that that you still have one available whenever you pick next so uh that, that'll it'll it'll be interesting to see um i mean i you know unlike you guys i haven't had a chance to to really study all these guys all that much uh it's uh, life is hectic here but i mean i i think as long i, I think you got to take a receiver one of those three guys at 12 whoever you fall in love with the most and um i mean luckily it's, it's a draft where they should uh they, you know, if they take one of those three, they they probably end up with uh with a pretty damn good receiver, and uh, they they certainly need one. Um, but all right, I think I think if you do trade down, I think it's not necessarily you're looking for one of those three guys. I think you have to say to yourself, okay, if we get one of the first six guys, and we like the first six guys. Pretty, it's not it's obviously three a little better, but it's close enough where if we get one of these six guys, we're gonna be happy, and that that's when I think you would trade down. If you really Banking to get one of the three guys, it might be tough. But I think if you like Jefferson or Higgins, I mentioned Ayuk is a guy I like a lot. If that's a guy you think can be a, an elite number one receiver with a little bit of seasoning, then that's what he would do, I think. But it has to be more than just the three guys that you would be happy with. Yeah, yeah. All right, how about nineteen, uh, Vic? In your uh, in your mock, uh, let's see. What'd you what'd you do in your mock? You went with a trade. You traded down to number twenty five, and then you picked up uh, another guy out of Clemson, who we know Mac Mac uh, loves to bring in guys from Clemson. 
Yeah, that one I wasn't too crazy about. That one, I think they need a cornerback. I think C.J. Henderson's a guy I would like to have there, but I think he'll be long gone. He's a guy you may take at 12 if you really think uh, he's that good. But I think cornerbacks are second biggest need. I know they love Clemson guys. Terrell's got some things that look, he's, you know, He's got some size. He's got some good uh, coverage skills, press man coverage. But I wasn't crazy about his tape. But I think he's he's the best guy available at that spot. And what I think is a market that that's, that slides pretty fast. Yeah, I like C.J. Henderson a lot too. I, I think there's a small chance that he might be av- available later. Um, but if not, yeah, I, I agree. I think that the Raiders really like A.J. Terrell, but he's more of a second round type of player. So if you could trade down and get A.J. Terrell, that'd be ideal but if you're if you're gonna stay in the first and try to pick a corner jeff gladney from tcu they do a lot of press coverage as well uh i'm I'm not really too high on trayvon Diggs from alabama uh he's another guy that kind of has that late first round grade too his his ball skills are just atrocious to me so i I wouldn't want to touch him there atrocious wow wow um it's pretty bad (laughs) i mean so I, i I was thinking, you're, you'd be atrocious if you're out there. He, he's better than you, right? I mean, you'd be awful if you were out there. He has to be better than you are. He can't be. He's bad, maybe. Not atrocious. I don't know. I feel like my, my ball skills might be okay. Like, I won't be able to stick with anybody. But <laughs> <laughs> So you're the anti-DJ Hayden. You, you can't stick exactly. with anybody, but you got the ball skills. Yeah, the exact opposite. All right, all right. How about you, Tashawn? What do you like at 19? Yeah, I think it depends. I mean, if they if they stay put at 19 and actually make the pick, I think you know they have to go cornerback. Uh, you know, either either Diggs or I know you you know just he's killed him a little bit, but either him or or maybe even Jeff Gladney out of TCU. Um, he's a little bit smaller than Diggs, a really physical guy. He sometimes gets in trouble with that as far as picking up penalties because uh, he's a little on the smaller end of five ten. Um, but I, I do think that they may be better served. <laughs> I think pass Okuda. And Henderson, there's a pretty significant drop-off with the rest of the cornerbacks. Not that the rest of them are bad, but they're just all very close together, so there's not a lot that separates them. So I think it'd be a good idea to, to trade down from 19, kind of like they did in his mock, pick up a second-round pick, you know, by maybe throwing in a third-round pick. Um, and I'd pick somebody that they'd be high on in the second round if he's still there, it'd be Jalen Johnson out of Utah. Um, you know, he started two years there, kind of had that 4-2-5 base that the Raiders use a lot with the nickel. Um, not the fastest guy in the world, not the biggest guy in the world, but he's just solid all around. Um, I think he only allowed like 41% of his passes to be completed last season. Um, really physical guy, can play, play that pressure man that they like. Um, so I think that'd be, you know, maybe a stronger pick if uh, they don't want to add another Clemson guy into real. Well, in Vic's second round pick that he added, uh, he went with uh, a guy from a powerhouse, Len- Lenore Ryan. Is that, uh, that how you say it? Where, where is Lenore Ryan University, Vic? Oh man, <laughs> that was not that was not in the script, man. You're going off the script. I have no idea where it is. Oh, I I I got to throw you off balance. Let's see. Do you, do you know where it is? Look that up. I'll I'll look that up while you tell me about Kyle Duggar. I'm gonna guess it's in Illinois, Hickory, North Carolina. Oh man, Hickory, That's North terrible. Carolina. It's a big time school. He'd be the first guy uh, drafted there in 20 years, I think. So. Definitely not a rich history, but he's a guy who's a great athlete. I'm not sure they needs there anymore. They signed Randall. I think they're kind of set at uh, at safety, uh, but um, definitely I think he's a great prospect. If that guy can cover and and hit, and I uh, just got the all the the raw tape measure skills that you want. 
Hickory, North Carolina is the hometown of Madison Bumgarner. So, uh, you know, there there have been uh, – uh, he, he should have gone to Lenore Ryan. He would have had a, a much better career had he gone to Lenore Ryan. Um, all right, any, anybody else out, out of your mock draft that you want to talk about, um, Vic? I mean, third round you went with Jalen Hurts, which um, if if the Raiders take a quarterback any time in the, the first, you know, two days of the draft, we'll uh, – Will certainly set Twitter ablaze, um, just because you know quarterbacks is a it's a hot button position. I mean, what what is your feeling at this point in terms of where and if the Raiders will take a quarterback? I think uh, that third pick is at eighty. I think Hurts will be gone by then. I think one of the draft simulators I used had him available there, but that's not going to happen. I think he had too good a combine. Quarterbacks always go higher than you think they're going to go. I think they look at him. Maybe there's that Steve McNair comp. I think I like that one a little bit. So I just don't. Um, I don't think he'll be there. And if they get a second round pick, they probably is a little too rich for their blood. So um, I think they're kind of set now. They got Mariota. We I wrote about the other day. They still got Nathan Peterman as a, as a third string guy. I know Gruden thinks he's a project and he likes some of his upside and. For some reason, Deshaun Kaiser's still in the roster. I have not figured out why that is because I don't think sure he's in their plans, but I guess he is if he's still in the roster. So that's four guys you have who you can go forward with uh, whenever we get to training camp. Yeah, I mean, I think the third round, you could still get a really good quality receiver prospect. Like There, there are probably guys like uh, Brian Edwards from South Carolina will be there. Van Jefferson, who had a really good senior bowl, uh, will be there. K.J. Hill from Ohio State. Colin Johnson from Texas. There's just a lot. There's probably a lot of good names in the third round. You can still, you know, pick up at, at, at wide receiver. I mean, you don't need to bother with a with a quarterback. You've got a quarterback who, who he's not going to be um, worrying about making people happy anymore, right? Yeah, Derek's tweet yesterday. That was a nice tweet. So I'm not sure what it meant, but it was cool. I guess he's mad now. He's fired up. So I guess that's fiery good. Derek Carr this year, right? What 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 was the exact tweet? Let me. Uh, let me find it here. He used to worry uh, about the people thought, but but no more. He doesn't worry about the yeah. Outside. Don't care about the noise. I I you I really used to care a lot about making everybody happy, bro. That's over. I don't need any new friends in this football thing. I'm here to win and plan on doing so with my teammates this year. It's a, I mean it's a good message. You know I I mean it, it we'll we'll see if he uh if he really can kind of enter that phase where he can channel out all that noise that uh. I mean, anybody who talks about not caring about what people say obviously spends a lot of time listening to what people say, and um, he, pro- he I think he would admit he spends too much time listening to it and probably has too many people telling him about it, but uh, I mean, if he if he's really kind of at that stage where he's he's kind of putting that off in the background and, and starting to ignore it, I mean, I think that would be a good thing for him. Deshaun, what do you got? You're the new guy. What are, you, what are your thoughts on Derek Carr? Uh, what's the, what's I, the outsider view of him? I might get... I might get killed for this one. I, I feel like people are too hard on him. So, like, cause I, you know, I've, I've seen him play. Obviously, I look at his stats, and I'm like, he's not awful. I mean, the way people talk about him, you would think like Derek Carr is like the scum of the earth, like a bottom ten quarterback or something like that. Like, uh, I know he's kind of gotten a game manager label or, or check, check down Charlie. Um, I mean, you can have worse quarterbacks. There's much worse quarterbacks out there. So I don't, I don't see like the reason for the eagerness to replace him necessarily, especially. With this draft, I mean, with that third round, if, if Jalen Hurts is there, I think they will take him, just even if it's somebody that you can develop down the line. Um, I don't think they necessarily need a quarterback next season between Carr being solid in my mind and, and Mariota maybe having some potential to, to redeem himself after a rough year last year. Um, it's something I might write about a little bit more next week, I think. Maybe not their first third-round pick, but the second one. They, they may look at taking a, a running back, um, you know, somebody to kind of supplement 
Jacobs, you know, obviously they're not looking for a starter or anything like that, but somebody who can take some first down and second down carries. Um, that you know, I know Jalen Richard, they have him, but he's more of a third down back, more of a pass catcher than a runner. So I think they could get somebody like maybe a Zach Moss out of Utah, somebody who's more of a, a bigger back, more of a bruiser, and kind of switch up the pace a little bit. I think that's something that you know they would be better served doing that than trying to replace Carr there in the third round. Ted, what's your uh, what's your latest out view on, on the quarterback position? I mean, what what do you think of a what's your evaluation of Hertz and and him as a guy that uh, you know if they had him available in the third round, what what do you think uh, what do you think he would bring them if they were to look that way? Well, I, I you know I was never high on Hertz, and I, I I try to go because you know we we heard all this noise about him doing so well at the combine, and I try to go back and watch his film. Uh, but there's just so many missed opportunities he leaves on a field. His pocket presence isn't great. He'll bail out the pocket too early. He doesn't really have a good sense of where rushers are. He's late on throws. His arm is average. Um, so, I mean, there's just, and you know, when you, if you draft him, you're betting that his great intangibles, his work ethic is going to help him improve in those areas and develop. But there's just so much that he needs to work on that. I, I wouldn't draft him in the third round. Uh, if I were to draft him, I would probably draft him maybe in the fifth round or or below. Um, but I think if you draft him, you're really going to have to commit to changing your offense to a Baltimore Ravens-style type of offense. And he's just not the athlete that uh, Lamar Jackson is. So um, I, I, I'm not very high on Jalen Hurts. And, uh, you know, with Derek Carr, we, we've had the same stance on him for a long time now he, he's good enough to where he's it's just hard to to upgrade from him and where with where the Raiders are now in the draft they don't have the draft capital to get a potential you know a, a prospect that's, that you could bet might uh push him in in uh push him in this this coming this coming season I mean it, the rest after Tua and after Burrow you got a bunch of guys that are kind of developmental project herbert's a guy that just kind of has a low ceiling i you know low ceiling high floor type of prospect uh so yeah i, I think they're gonna go in with Carr. i don't really see a, a quarterback prospect worth drafting um to, to maybe develop maybe if you were really in love with jordan love you, you know you might consider him but um yeah I, I, that's that's how i feel about the quarterback position right now well, at least you didn't tell us really that uh, Jalen Hurts is atrocious. <laughs> he, he's not atrocious. It's just it's, there's so much he has to improve on that it, it, it's just it's hard for me to draft him uh, in a third round. There's some harsh feedback from some of these guys, dude. Yeah, uh, I mean, he's a harsh dude. <laughs> he's mean. He's, he's mean. Wait, he's, wait till you get your uh, scouting report back. He'll, he's getting, he's, get, get, give give him a couple weeks. He'll send you a scouting report on. <laughs> He's getting, prison, he's getting prison swall. He's getting a scowl going. He's ripping people to shreds, man. Ted's having a rough time, man. Hey, hey well, at least I'm not like Dane. Ha- Dane has a. Uh, I think what did he put Hertz at? He put a Hertz as his quarterback seven for this draft. I don't think I have him at quarterback seven at least. I didn't see that. Wow, that's pretty low. I guess he likes Easton. Everyone likes Easton's big arm. But if you watch the tape, Easton to me scares me. But I, I get the whole. The big arm thing. So I guess if you're if you got if you want a guy in the fourth round, you can kind of really work on and maybe develop long term. I guess he might be a better better way to go. 
Yeah, he's got Eason, Eason and uh, Fromm ahead of Hertz. Hertz is uh, his seventh. He's got him as a still with a third to fourth round grade, though. Um, so, um, but uh, there was one little piece of news, kind of, uh, kind of post the initial wave of free agency that hit since our last podcast. Uh, the Eli Apple signing did not happen; that fell through, um, and so uh, the Raiders went a different route and uh, instead brought in uh, Demarius Randall. Um, I mean, pop champagne. No, I'm just kidding. Pop champagne. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I think when they signed uh, Apple, they, I think they were kind of desperate. I think at that point, they had been in on other cornerbacks in the free agency. They didn't get him. And then he was the best guy available on the board. And they kind of panicked a little bit. And I think they gave him $6 million, which I think was a little much for you to look at Eli's Apple's resume. So I think um, there was a little bit of buyer's remorse. And then there's always issues with the physical now because of the, you know, the pandemic. And it's kind of, you can't come to the facility. You got to do it with a random doctor in the area. So there was an issue with his physical. I think that was enough for them to say, you know what, this is not going to happen, and we'll go a different a different route. And it leaves the Raiders with a big need at, at corner. I mean, there, there's no sign of them bringing Daryl Worley back, right? Not that I've heard. No, I think they um, – you never you never said never, but I think if, if they would have, it would be done by now because obviously there's no market for him. So I think whatever he wanted in terms of a contract, I mean, he has to get a lot less now. So I think if there was any chance of getting him back, it would have happened. So I think they're clearly focused on the draft right now, getting a guy who may be a starter at some point this season in the first two rounds of the draft. Yeah, I, th- I think that kind of locks him in, that having to draft a corner with one of those first-round draft picks. Yeah, I still think they could sign somebody, though, even if they do draft a, a corner in the first. And I, I know both of them kind of have the same injury thing that Eli Apple might have had, but Darquez, Denard, or, or maybe Kirkpatrick, either one coming out of the, the Bengals. Um, and obviously they have some, some familiarity with the defensive coordinator, and I don't think either one of them would be too pricey. You know, they have a little bit more uh, cash days after they restructure Hudson's deal, so maybe they could double up on cornerbacks. Yeah, I mean, the good thing is now you're close enough to the draft that – most of these guys that are out there are probably going to be sitting out there for a little while and you can kind of evaluate your situation see how you feel after you get these guys drafted um and and then kind of address it unfortunately you're not going to get like you know the whole normal deal with uh you know rookie mini camp like a week later and all that to really see these guys in person and, and kind of start working out some of these guys but um yeah, I mean, it, it it feels like at this point, two weeks away from the draft, that you probably kind of see where, where your situation is afterwards. If you feel like, you know, something fell into your lap that, that you know, worked out perfectly where you, you feel much better at the cornerback position after the draft, then maybe you don't. But if not, uh, uh, they'll, they'll still have some options down the road, I think. All right, you guys ready to take, uh, take a few questions here? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Let's see. Uh, question here from Al Davis. This is uh, this is a big one. We can't ignore a question from Al Davis. Um, what would we have to pair with Gabe Jackson to receive a second round pick, and who might be our trade partner? So, uh, trading Gabe Jackson. What else would they have to give up along with him and and uh, his salary, uh, non guaranteed salary, to uh, to get a second round pick back? I can't even imagine. <laughs> I have first. Uh... <laughs> Oh, a future be, second round pick? I don't know. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I think mean, that's not going to happen. Obviously, I mean, they got uh, they got they got a six round pick for uh, for KO. Was that right? Or fifth round? A sixth round pick, right? Something like yeah, fifth so or sixth. Yeah, that's yeah. similar market. I think that if a team knows you want to get rid of them and they're going to take his salary on, you're not going to get much back in return. So I think it's more of a case of I'm not sure there's a lot of value there in terms of getting a, a high draft pick back. 
All right, a question here from Carlin first. Uh, what's the thinking behind letting Joseph go but signing Randall? Um, what do you think, Vic? What 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 ultimately led to that? I mean, it, it, what what was the difference in salary? I think for those guys. I think um, I think it's close. I'm trying to think what uh, they both didn't make very much. I think um, I think Joseph guy actually got a little more. I think um, obviously Randall was on the market for a while. His price went down. I think with Carl Joseph, I think they really liked his effort last year. He kind of fit in better than they, they thought he was going to fit in. But in the in the bottom line, he just was too 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 small. They're not. Size is important for Gunther in terms of safety position. I think in terms of covering tight ends, and I just think uh, Joseph didn't quite ever get to a spot where the, this new staff, they didn't draft him, the new staff came in, he was already there. They didn't really ever accept him as a guy they thought would be an impact player. And Joseph got, looks like one year, two and a half million from the Browns, only 500000 guaranteed. Yeah, I think Randall has a little bit more versatility when it comes to covering players and covering tight ends. Um, so coverage wise and and you know a little he has a little more man to man skill than Carl Joseph so I, I think ultimately they, that's what fits um, what Gunther wants to do defensively. All right, question here from Gar, our good friend Garth. Uh, I need some positive positivity and dreams of normalcy of life to come with no London game and no Oakland tailgate this coming year. Where is Raider Nation going to drink beers with Vic Tafer? That's uh, that's one that's going to be tough to answer right now. <laughs> exactly, I have no idea, but uh, it's good to look forward to. You just get invite him over to your house, and uh, you know, set him up in in you know, did six feet increments, and you guys just all pass the you know pass the beer opener around, and uh, you guys can just all spread out and, and drink a well, beer there at be your a, house. Invite him over. Is there going to be a strip club right in the parking lot? I think there's a strip club in the parking lot of the new stadium. I think so. Not there. I was obviously not there. I'm not saying there. I'm just just wondering. Out <laughs> that, loud, but... I think that's I think that's your answer. <laughs> No, but I'm in the casinos. There's a the MGM uh, Park. Is that what it's called? That's nearby, so we'll figure it out. But I know, and Deshaun will be there before I will be. So Deshaun will have it all figured out. Is where the go-to spot will be. Yeah, I don't know if drunk people are practicing social distancing or not, but uh, I think I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna avoid that. I wanna, I'll leave that to you. Get on Zoom. Let let them drink with you on Zoom. That's the good true, thing about Raider fans. <laughs> The good thing about Raider fans is they've got all these costumes. A lot of them already wear masks anyway, so they're at, Raider fans are actually pretty well set up to handle this social distancing because, I mean, they just put on their, their face masks anyway, right? That's an excellent point. Wow. Excellent point. All right, a uh, question here from JC the Swede. Uh, the Raiders choosing to let go, let a lot of their free agents leave. Is it in some way to get compensatory picks next season? Um Let's just say I don't think any of their uh, their departed free agents are, are going to factor into the compensatory pick formula. What do you think? I'm trying to think. So who uh, who left? Joseph. Uh, Joseph. Mayowa. Mayowa, maybe. Uh, Washington. DeAndre, DeAndre maybe. Washington. Yeah, but they're not – those. It, that's not going to, I don't think, uh, outweigh any of their uh, – any of their signings. Um, yeah, I don't – I don't see them uh, factoring into the compensatory pick uh, pool. You got the, with... the all-time great Whitehead. Has he signed? Has he signed anywhere? Yeah, he signed with the uh, Panthers. There we go. Yeah, he's gonna, but he's I mean, repla- when you, when... he's replacing Luke Kuechly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but when you, yeah, when you, but it's got to, it's got to what outbalance the the money they've spent on. Uh, you know, on Littleton and you know, and all yeah, the guys they brought. Nah, so yeah, I mean, they're, they're not they're not getting any compensatory picks next year. 
Um, all right, another question here from uh, from JC. Should the Raiders off both offer up both first round picks to the Texans right now for Watson? They could probably get Watson for like a fourth round pick the way uh, the way Bill O'Brien makes deals. If you offer him Josh Jacobs because they love running backs, they'll there they'll you trade go. you. They'll there give you, you Deshaun Watson. All right, question specifically here for Ted uh, from Christian uh, it says. Hey, Ted, after viewing tape from the top three wide receiver prospects, who do you think better fits with what Gruden might want to do in his offense? Um, you know, pe- people keep asking what what's a fit for Gruden's offense, but I, I don't think Gruden really, you know, just watching him, I don't think there's a, a set identity for what Gruden wants to do right now. I mean, we, we saw Lack last year Lack of identity that... on offense is Gruden's <laughs> problem. There there we go, Ted. Ted's well, I mean, I, we, saw la- we, we saw last year they, they went a lot of 21 personnel, a lot of uh, 11, 12, 13. But, I mean, is that be- what he wants to do, or was that because he was limited at wide receiver? So, you know, I, I think there's still a question of what Gruden wants to do offensively when he has all his pieces in place. Uh, so... I don't think there's necessarily a um, a mold for what he wants at wide receiver that we could tell st- straight up. But I, I think CD would do great with Derek. I mean, if you look at the wide receiver he had the most chemistry with throughout his career, it was Michael Crabtree. So if you get a, a, a receiver that could play big and um, that could run, has decent route running ability like CD, I, I think he could work well with uh, Derek Carr. All right, question here. We're uh, we're gonna let Deshaun take this one from Rob Simon. What do you think it would take to trade up to get Simmons or Akuda if they make it past five? And is there a package with the nineteenth pick that would work? Uh, I don't know. And anything you see that could allow the Raiders to trade up and get one of those two uh, defensive studs? Maybe if like the Texans had a pick, like in that range. Other than that, I don't see it happening. Like, I had a few guys ask me that on my last story, and I just it doesn't. I can't even think about a realistic answer. Like, you know, they would have to jump to at least what six, seven at the at the lowest. And I just, even if they paired twelve and nineteen, and like somebody else, like I'm not sure a team would move off of that. So I just, I just don't see it happening. Yeah, I mean, you get that kind of an impactful player. I mean, it's it's tempting, but I mean, we also know the Raiders need they need more than just one impactful player so that's where it's uh where it's tough if you talk if you're talking about giving up 12 19 and something else so um all well, right what, what we're gonna what, wrap it up i just one more what, what do you guys rank their needs i mean we've talked about um receiver and cornerback what do you guys think what do you guys go on the around the room i guess what's your third biggest need you think probably say running back just i mean i know it's not like a natural thing that comes to mind since they have josh jacobs but I think even even last season, like him having to play through that fractured shoulder and him missing the last three games, it's like, you know, running backs, they get worn out pretty quickly. You don't want, want him having to you know, get run into the ground. If they have somebody who can actually, like I said earlier, take some of those early carries and take some of that load off of his shoulders, I think that's something that they should go ahead and do, especially since it's not getting a lot of coverage. But this is a pretty deep running back draft class you know, as far as you know, being able to get maybe a, a starter in the third round. But. I, I still think they need, uh, you know, another pass rusher. I mean, you know, is is what they have enough? I mean, Max Crosby had a great rookie year, um, but, I mean, is he the guy that's going to be, you know, your 12 to 15 sack guy that just absolutely destroys uh, opposing quarterbacks? And then do you have another guy, uh, you know, is Furl going to take another step forward even though he's not really a, a pass rusher? You know, um, they brought in Nassib. I mean, what I still think, I mean, you, you can never have enough guys that can make life 
difficult on a quarterback. So, I mean, I still think they, you know, finding a way to, to upgrade that pass rush. I mean, you, you, we, we see it all the time. I mean, you, you saw the Niners went from having a terrible pass rush to suddenly they get Nick Bosa and, and D Ford, and all of a sudden they've got this elite pass rush that makes them one of the best teams in the league. I think finding a way to, uh, to, to make life more difficult on quarterbacks uh, is, is one way to improve the whole defense. You forgot uh, Arden Key. Uh, no, I didn't. <laughs> all, right, all right, Ted, you're up next. I agree. I think they could definitely use another pass rusher. Um, you know, Ferrell, if he develops, uh, I still don't think he'll ever be a guy that's going to be challenging for double-digit sacks every every year. So getting another another pass rusher opposite of Max Crosby would be great. And I think if, if you're going to uh, go... With somewhere else, I think safety is another position in need. I mean, I, I don't think Demarius Randall is going to come in and just automatically be handed a, a starting spot. So I, I think if you could add another safety, and I think you could probably get a pretty good one in the in the third, fourth round. Um, you know, you, you they should definitely do that. I'll go with a uh, D tackle. I'm I'm not sure they're. Um... They made some moves ready this offseason, but I think there's always a need for one more. I think the jury's still out on P.J. Hall and Maurice Hurst a little bit. So um, I think they add a D-tackle and get a little push, a little pass rush, and help make life easier on the guys you mentioned, the guys in the end. I think um, I think it's clearly, you know, they got to have snaps for Crosby and Furl and, and Nassib. And even on key, I think it's still you know, it got to show something. So I think those four guys are going to get most of the, the snaps on the outside. So get a guy on the inside and make some – Get some push, make life easier for those guys on the outside. All right, guys. Well, uh, you know, I think everybody is looking forward to, uh, you know, just having this draft here, you know, just at least to give us kind of all the distraction, something to, uh, you know, actually pay attention to other than uh, everything going on in this world. But uh, before we get out of here, I do want to give a shout out to a couple, you know, a lot of people, are, a lot of athletes are out there doing some good stuff. I know, Tashawn, you wrote about uh, Nevin Lawson uh, last week. Um, donating uh, a, a bunch of meals to uh, healthcare workers, and um, Vic wrote about Bake Sale Betty and the work she's doing, getting you know, raising money for Meals on Wheels, and uh, you know you guys can contribute and, and send some some cookies and treats to healthcare workers. Uh, my wife, who works at a hospital, uh, I, I mean they're just getting she, she's. You know, everyone's talking about the quarantine fifteen. I mean, the, the healthcare workers are getting fed pretty well nowadays. She's she's ending up with uh, uh, a couple lunches a day and and a bunch of uh, treats throughout the day because uh, they're getting hooked up pretty well. So uh, I think everybody appreciates all the work uh, that, that's being done out there by a lot of these teams and a lot of these players. Yeah, and pops those guys who the guys who are giving back. I mean, I know you know everybody automatically thinks, oh, they're rich, they're supposed like people are obligated to to give back just because they have money, but that's, that's really not the case. You know, it still should be a, a plot. We actually made it through this whole podcast without discussing the return of Alden Smith. I can't believe that. Yeah, well, hoping for the best. Hoping for the best for him. And apparently, he's in great shape, and Jake Laser did a good job of getting him uh, with with the right people, and uh, his mind's apparently right, and he's. Uh, He's actually admitting that he did some stuff wrong. He's kind of wish he had, hadn't done in the past. I think that's a big step for him, kind of not blaming anybody else. So, I mean, I think all Raider fans, I'm sure, and people who covered him are rooting for him. I mean, you know, just uh, he's gotten past his demons and can now have a healthy life and also be uh, productive on the football field as a, as a cherry on top. Yeah, I mean, just uh, I, I think we thought we probably had heard the last of him and had, had reached a point where the next time we heard his name in the news was – 
was going to be some really bad news. And so it's it's good that, I mean, even even if he's not anywhere close to the same football player that he, he once was, I mean, if he's got his life back in order and is at least in in position to, to give this another try, that's that's a great thing. And uh, hope he uh, hope he stays at it. And, uh, I mean, I know Raider fans will be probably a little bit bitter if uh, if he goes to Dallas and and does well and um, there will always be questions about how the NFL treats these guys um, in terms of the the support and not you know once they get banished not being able to be around their teams and and kind of be around that support structure but um, Alden also had had a lot of work to do on his own to kind of deserve that and so it sounds like he's done it and that's uh, that, that's good to hear all right guys well I think that'll wrap up this week's episode of State of the Nation we'll be uh, back uh you know I, I don't know when exactly we'll be back but obviously we'll have plenty of draft coverage coming uh coming for you guys and i'm sure we'll talk to you uh, again at least one more time before the draft and then certainly uh throughout the draft and afterward as uh as the nfl world barrels on and uh and we kind of see how uh, how this all unfolds so uh thanks for joining us and uh, we'll talk to you guys again next time all right guys stay healthy talk to you guys later see you guys